In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm in Nashville, where Atlanta United defeated Nashville SC. 3-1 to one here at First Tennessee Park. It was a very wet, rainy day. As I wrote in the lead to my story, the field was probably better suited to inspire a country song than to play soccer. Uh, I'm joined by Jason Longshore of 92.9 and SoccerDownHere.com to break down what we saw from the Five Strikes' first preseason game this season. Uh, just a, a few little housekeeping things. Uh, goals were scored by Joseph Martinez, Brandon Vasquez, and Romario Williams. Nashville SC's goal came on a really a very nice counterattack uh, put together by, by the USL squad. Um, it came just after Joseph Martinez's goal in the second half. Jason, what were the couple of the points that uh, you wanted to make today? What, what did you see? I thought Darlington Nagby showed why it was one of the biggest trades in MLS history. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought Darlington Nagby was excellent. Um, getting a chance to see him up close, his technique is... I mean, he, he might be the most technical player in MLS. He is that good. His first touch, uh, ability to dribble, ability to turn, ability to pass. Uh, he was great, and he's a great fit for the style of play that Tata Martino wants. Um, I don't think we really got any answers at the center back spot for depth or the defensive midfield spot for depth. I think there's still questions there. Um, part of that was down to Michael Parkhurst not being available. Players were shifted around. Lorenowitz played in the back to start. I thought McCann started out well, and I thought he struggled towards the end. Is that down to fitness? Is that down to just where he fits in this team? I or don't the know. field. Or the field, and that's <laughs> it's kind of all of the above. Um, I was surprised Tata Martino went with the starters as long as he did, but we know this by now. He doesn't like to make a lot of changes. Right. Nor does he like to lose. That too, and, <laughs> and I really can't appreciate that because I look at what FC Dallas is going through this preseason where they had the draw with Chattanooga, they had a draw with Santa Tecla, they look like they're starting to feel the weight of those results. Whereas wanting to win in preseason, you you don't want to do it at the risk of March 3rd, but it is important. Now, the other uh, guy making his debut, one of many guys making his debut, was Ezekiel Barco. Uh, He showed a few flashes really quickly. Within the first 35 seconds, he picked up the ball and blew past somebody. Uh, he had a shot go wide. He had a nice layoff to Almer, well, to Gressel, who touched it to Nagby, who shot at the post. Uh, what did you see from Barco uh, that you liked today? Definitely uh, still building a chemistry, I think, with his teammates. We had Greg Garza on in postgame, and he talked about you know, the relationship that he had with Yamil Assad last season. It took time for that to build, and I think we saw it at its best before Garza was hurt late in the year. You know, hopefully this will come together a little quicker, but it is still a work in progress. You know, you you saw nice flashes from Barco with Almarone. I thought those two were on the same mm-hmm, page really mm-hmm. quickly, and they were interchangeable. Yep, that's something we didn't see as much of with Assad. 
playing centrally. Barco is very comfortable as the 10, and long-term, I think he is a number 10. The team also switched to a three-man back line. Uh, Martino told us that they were going to use this more on the very first day of training camp. It's a formation, uh, kind of a 3-5-2 uh, that they used against Orlando twice last year and a little bit more in September. Uh, he said that this was in the postgame that some of the improvements they need to make, they need to keep the forwards from playing on the same line together. They need to stagger them a little yes. bit. The three-man back line, the two outside backs, have to get up the field a little bit more, and they have to work on defending long balls. Great points because, you know, it was obvious that's what they were going for, but it didn't look very comfortable. The shape looked very amoeba-like in the second half Mm -hmm. um, as players were coming in and out, but also just as roles shifted. You know, we saw Chris McCann drop to the back line. looked a little shaky there. Uh, Mikey Ambrose played as one of the three center backs for a little while. Um, actually look pretty yeah. solid. Mikey Ambrose, it seems like wherever you put him, yeah, he just he comes in and well. puts in a solid shift. Andrew Wheeler-Ominu, I thought, played well too. He did. Um, I liked the changes late. I was very impressed with Chris Goslin and Oliver Shannon. Uh, Shannon was a player that we didn't really know what to expect from him coming mm-hmm. out of Clemson, and he did not look like the level was too much for him. Uh, and Goslin took a minute to get it comfortable, I think, but then he showed his quality for the rest of the match. We're going to take a short little break here, and we'll be back in about three seconds. I also like Goslin. He, uh, he showed a physical side of his game, some of those uh, push-ups that he's been doing in the offseason. By shouldering a guy off the ball, he took it, and then he uh, put a pass in, I think it was to Vasquez, uh, for a shot. Uh, it wasn't successful, but it was still a shot. I thought Vasquez also looked really solid today. Yeah. He, he didn't train for a while down in Florida. Um, I think it was just a little knock that he suffered. Uh, but he was back in training earlier this week. Just a lot of speed coming down that wing. Just so big. it's hard. He's hard for defenders to deal with. The goal for Williams was created by Vasquez's size. I mm-hmm. mean, he was able to just, just body the defender off and get the cross in that C.J. Cochran couldn't handle. Uh, the, the backup striker role is another one of those questions I think we all have right now is who's going to lock that down between Williams and Vasquez? I don't think we learned much today. They both looked pretty good. Well, and Vasquez, they're going to continue to put Vasquez out on the right. And he can play out wide. It gives you another element to him. I think Williams is going to have a first-team future, mostly because I think they're working on a green card for him, and you don't do that unless you're going to stay with the first team. He showed showed (laughs) a lot of nice flashes today. Um, I think he showed a little bit more of a complete game today, a little bit of hold-up play Mm -hmm. out of Romario Williams, too. You know, He gives you a different element than Joseph Martinez does. And what did you think about Nashville? Great town. I, I think this is going to be a great southern soccer city. Mm-hmm. Um, that was something we talked about with Greg Garza after we finished the interview on 92.9 was, you know, he was here for a, a pre-World Cup match and, you know, enjoyed the atmosphere for that. But he said this was amazing for him, you know, on the, with the weather we had today, to see that many fans, that loud, that into it. Great atmosphere. I think it's a great start for Nashville SC as a USL club. And I think that's going to carry over for them when they join MLS in a couple of years. And last question. The other big piece of news today in the world of soccer was the election of a new USSF president. I was curious if you had any thoughts on that. Man, that's been quite the uh, political football, hasn't it? Um, you know, I, I'm not exactly surprised. I, I feel like it was always an uphill battle for the former players to prove to a membership that's dominated by state associations and 
and you know soccer administrative lifers that they could handle that role. Um, I was surprised that Kyle Martino didn't connect with the voters. I, I thought he had done a very good job of presenting a, a strong case, but he struggled to get support. I feel like from the establishment side, you know, at the beginning of it, Carter and Cordero really split the vote. And I'd love to know what swung it in that final vote from a split to overwhelmingly Carlos Cordero. Yeah. What I'm curious about now is, is Cordero has said a lot of good things. I, I do like what he's had to say, and I feel like he's presented himself very well in the campaign. He's talked about change. He's seen as an establishment guy. I agree that we don't have to change everything. I don't think things are nearly as broken as some do, but there are changes that are needed. And I hope Cordero is now willing to take a campaign that actually brought a lot of things to light. You know, uh, a lot of people had had varying things to say about Hope Solo, but she pointed out some issues that no one else wanted to talk about and brought some things to the fore. I don't know if she was the person to carry it through, but she brought some issues up that need to be discussed more. So did Martino. So did Winalda. And I'd like to see Carlos Cordero really pick that up and run with it. All right. That's going to wrap up this.